0: Welcome to new listeners from the National Garden Club's Central Region. Carol spoke to
1: them via Zoom at the beginning of November. Yes, indeed. And welcome to the Garden Angelist, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana. We have a suburban garden measured in square feet. It's about a third of an acre. And I'm Dean
0: Ash from Guthrie, Oklahoma, where I garden on several acres out in the country. We call
1: ourselves Garden Angelists because we are evangelists for gardening. We love gardening and we want others to love it too. Yes, we do. And we aren't afraid to spill the beans and
0: tell all of our gardening secrets. The good, the bad, and even the ugly. But that's enough of who, what, when,
1: where. Let's move on to this week's episode. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Dee. So this episode drops November 17th. We're recording on November 2nd. so Because I'm going to be out of town. That's right, but your house is going to be heavily guarded, so everybody know that. <laughs> there you go. So my garden is slowly easing into that. This is the state it's going to be in until spring. Um, patio furniture under the tarp on the on the back patio. Um, it just it looks janky, but I don't have room in the garage for everything anymore. I'm just going to keep circling the garden, looking for weeds, you know, like thistles and things that are hiding. Right. And as other stuff dies back, they stay green and I'm going to yank them out until I can't yank them out. Sounds good. Good. I did dig up a few lily of the valley pips, wash them off and put them in the back of the refrigerator because I'm going to try to force them in January since we can't buy them anymore. And as I told the lovely people from the national garden clubs, you got to try. And so it doesn't cost me much to pig, uh, dig up three or four pips. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to storm at 45 degrees for about eight weeks, which I translate to that is whatever the temperature in the back of the refrigerator is. That's the temperature that they're going to get. Yeah. That's as good as
0: it gets. Right.
1: Right. But I do have some bad news D
0: you do. What happened?
1: The handle on my favorite lawnmower broke. I mean, it just snapped right where the it connects to the the two pieces connect. I think is a weak point. And after eleven years of me mowing and turning and twisting that thing, Mm -hmm. I was just mowing along and it said, "Ooh, it's not connected anymore." Oh no! So it didn't.
0: It didn't shear off the bolt. It actually sheared off the place where the the metal is broken. It would
1: take welding to fix it. So <laughs> this is going to sound strange. I duct taped it and I finished mowing that section. I don't
0: think that's strange. My, du- my sister duct taped things in her engine before in her car.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's not going to last. And so <laughs> right. the strange thing is I had this other mower that I hate to mow with. It's, it's, it was an expensive mower, but I never really liked it. I love my Troy build that I got as a review mower to review. Right, I loved it. 11 years ago. Yes. So I I hadn't fired that one up in like four years, but it fired up. I put gas in it, it fired up and I thought, okay. And I remembered why I hate it. It's, it's um, self-pacing. And so as you push down, it goes faster. And it just seems like to get the handle at a comfortable place for me to hold it. It's like all the way down and I'm like running behind the dumb thing. Yeah. it's And so I got to decide, if I'm, does a, does a gal buy a new mower in November or should I just suffer through with the other mower that I don't like, but I don't know where the bag is for that one and I need to start bagging leaves. So now I got to look for the bag and Oh my gosh, D it's just a disaster. And we won't be able to tell everybody the end of the story until the end of November. Sorry about that. Well, it'll be a week after they hear this, I guess.
0: Well, but my question is, how much more mowing are you going to do after November till spring?
1: No, probably. None. Um, I'll mow until after Thanksgiving because I have to mow up leaves and stuff.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: They're, they're And I want to bag them, so I got to find the bag. And so there might be a day in December where it's like, oh, I'm going to just run it over real quick just to get these last leaves. And then I won't mow again until early April. But in the spring, everybody's buying mowers. I was
0: going to say, would you like some advice from your friend (laughs) D? Yeah, I guess. Go buy the mower you like. I should just do that. Because here's the thing. I am not running behind a lawnmower to mow my lawn. That seems like <laughs> misery. You don't know where the bag is. You'll have to go find it. Just go buy a lawnmower. They're on sale right now anyway. And I'm sure Troy Bilt has a great lawnmower. They've probably even made improvements. In eleven years. Oh yeah,
1: I can order one online right now and have it delivered. Have it right delivered. to my door. <laughs> you didn't I think that's what I might. You have not spend
0: any money. You haven't gone anywhere. You haven't done anything in a year and a half. I say go for it. You love to mow the I lawn. Think yeah.
1: I I'm going to buy the mower. Yay! I, so then I got to figure out what to do with the old mower. It's like, dang, can somebody come take it? I guess I could put it out by the trash and the. I call them the pickers. They'll come and somehow pick it up.
0: Yeah, and I would sell a other lawnmower on you know one of those. Yeah apps or something.
1: I got to run the other one out of gas before I set it out at the curb though. Yeah, there you go. So, would All you, right. Enough about me and my lawn problems. D, tell us all about. Not much garden. of anything. <laughs> I brought grit to put on top
0: of my pots in the greenhouse. And if you want to know why I do that, you need to read my post about everything I could think of about the greenhouse. Because I have two friends who have bought greenhouses and they ask me a lot of questions. So I tried to put everything I could think of in that post, and then link to all my other posts on the greenhouse. And then people can ask questions in the comments section.
1: You know, that tip to put grits on top of the soil to keep down the soil gnats. The fungus gnats, yeah. Fungus gnats. That's a great idea. I mean, if you buy new potting soil and bring it inside, you're going to end up with fungus gnats. Yeah, you are. I mean, fungus gnats so, are a problem
0: anyway. So if you use grit on top, it also keeps um stems from rotting away on your cuttings because they don't get so wet. Right at the end. Yeah.
1: You know, I have to confess two things about houseplants here now that you talked about that grit. So I have some uh houseplants in there, they're in a south window, but there's shade, so it's pretty dark in that room. Mm-hmm. There was a mushroom growing up in one of those pots. Yeah, that means it's gotten a lot of water. And
0: I've had that happen a couple of times too. I don't water that much. Well, I don't either, but it seems like if it's just the right conditions and you water, you're going to find a mushroom occasionally. I figured
1: the garden fairies did it. Or that could be it. I mean, silly me. And then another one of the plants that I actually had outside on the patio and I brought it in, Mm -hmm. there's a little dandelion growing in the pot and I'm letting it grow. I don't even know what to think about that. Why don't you do our first quote? (laughs) Okay, I need a minute to think about it. Because you're laughing. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Anyone who thinks fallen leaves are dead has never watched them dancing on a windy day by Shira Tamir. I love that quote. I do, too, because that's the truth.
0: And it has been windy in Oklahoma. Oh, my gosh.
1: And if it's not windy, you get out that leaf blower and you make them babies dance. There There you go.
0: Dance right out of your garden beds. That'd be awesome. (laughs) So our flower topic this week, we're talking about winter interest because well, it's getting to be winter and you want to be able to see stuff outside your window, right? Or when you take a walk or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, and you should walk your garden in the wintertime because things like hookeras and some other plants will heave themselves out of the ground and you got to smash them back down in there or they'll
1: die. That's right. And you also need to watch for winter weeds and things like that. Broken branches that can be taken off, you know, before they become a big mess. Right, before they put a bunch of disease in the plant. Or you could just walk it to enjoy it. Oh, yeah, that. (laughs) Walking it to enjoy it. Whatever. Um,
0: Okay, so so views outside the window, views as you drive up towards your house, views by your front door. You need to think about all those things in your landscape. And what
1: do you look for? By the front door is a great place to plant the early, early bulbs, by the way, because that's where you're going to see them when you go in and out your front door. So I recommend that that is where you plant little clumps of snowdrops or the very earliest winter aconites and things like that. And so I keep talking because Dee ran away. Dee, where'd she go? There she is. I'm sorry. I have a pot of beans on the stove and I
0: could hear it and it was bubbling too fast. So I had to go over there and turn it down. Yes. You were talking about berries. I was talking about bulbs. Oh, see, silly me. Oh, I see what you're saying. Plant bulbs right outside your yes. front door so that you can see them. Yes. I agree. My front door though has a sidewalk, so I can't, the way our house is set up, so I can't put them right there. I guess I could put them in that bed to the left. Oh yeah. And I do.
1: That's right. So berries are really important, especially berries that hang on. Um, we both have, I think we have beauty berry.
0: So we have beautyberry. We have winterberries. I have winterberries this year. I planted them.
1: I don't have. I have one holly, but it is it kind of sulks where it's at, and in ten years, it has not hardly grown at all, and so it's on a watch Mm-mm. list and may be evicted from where it's at and moved Mm-mm. someplace else. So I talked about this in an earlier
0: podcast. I planted berry heavy. Winterberries, and then I planted Mr. Poppins with them. And poor Mr. Poppins, I have been gifted Mr. Poppins along with Mary Poppins before, and bless its heart, he died. And then I bought my own Mr. Poppins two times. I've bought Mr. Poppins, and my the lawn crew accidentally weeded him the other day, so he may be dead yet again. But I know that I have something that is male. I have a male holly somewhere because I have berries on another holly that is also, I think, a winterberry. The nice thing about winterberries is they hold onto their berries most of the winter time and they're on stems that are bare because they lose their leaves. And so they look especially beautiful. And so I'm really trying to grow these.
1: They are very small plants. We'll see what happens. And my holly plant, by the way, it, it needs two to, to um, pollinate. Tango. But I believe that it's uh, where you get this—you get a male and a female plant in the same pot, and so right. The, I do have berry. It does have berries over there, and um, like I said, if it doesn't improve, it's it's going to have to be relocated. And also, another plant that people don't
0: think about very much is um, spice bush. But here's the hard part about spice bush. You need a male and a female in order to get droops, which is their version of the berry. And um the hard part is you can't tell if a spice bush is a male or a female until it buries.
1: You know what? <laughs> does that make sense? It does. And I have a I have a um, am I thinking right that I have a Carolina spice bush? It's got droops on it. Uh, Carolina allspice, maybe. Yeah, that's what I got. Never mind. Right, and I have a
0: Carol. I also have a Carolina allspice, and it has berries on it too. I mean, it's a little bit complicated
1: sometimes with native plants like hollies. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about all the big shrubs. All the big shrubs offer shelter for birds to keep them away from predators, and many of them offer food for birds which is all those berries and things. So they are good. If you have the space for them to plant some, I say, don't shy away from really big shrubs. that can be very nice right. for the birdies. But let's talk about the grasses.
0: And a lot of, oh, grasses. Yeah, we could talk about those too. I was going to say a lot of the shrubs that you're talking about, we can plant them underneath trees. Yep, And so they make are great understory plants, which you need because you need layering. And um, to catch the snow too. In the winter. Mm -hmm. There's nothing prettier than snow or ice on a shrub. Okay. So now we're going to talk about grasses, pros and cons. I am very pro because I don't usually get snow until January, February. You are less pro. I'm ambivalent. Ambivalent.
1: I don't have that many grasses. I do have some. And, you know, I kind of laugh because the grasses are for winter interest, but then I have neighbors that have grasses like around utility boxes, which is where some of mine are. Mm-hmm. they probably already sheared them down to nothing. And it's like, well, so much for winter interest. I at least wait until, you yeah, know, why would they do that? I don't know. I wait until late February. I don't find that the snow just. flattens. I them. don't know. I don't think they add or subtract, but they, you know, they're just there and I leave them and cut them back in February, late February.
0: So some of the grasses get more smashed here than others, like the pink muley grass, it does get smashed by snow, but it doesn't happen until January or February. Um, The Chinese maidenhair grass, which has that almost fountain type structure, it gets kind of clobbered. But you know what doesn't get clobbered? What? Virginia switchgrass.
1: No, it doesn't get clobbered here. That's what I've got over there.
0: So it's super vertical, and that's why it doesn't get clobbered. Also, little blue stem doesn't get clobbered Big blue stem will get blown around, but it doesn't get clobbered either because actually those grasses are native. And I think that they were made for getting smashed by the snow eventually, but it's like January, February for us.
1: I got to give a shout out to my hellebores for winter interest too, because they, the Lenten ones, especially the leaves stay green all winter long. And so really anything that stays green, like evergreen trees, hellebores, all kinds of other Things, if you start looking around, that is nice because then you have something to look at besides bare ground.
0: Yes. And um, I'm not going to be able to remember the name of this plant, but it's the other plant that has the little bell shaped flowers. It turns golden in the fall. It doesn't stay, you know, gorgeous green like hellebores, but it does really well too.
1: Are you talking about epimediums?
0: Yes. I never can remember that word, epimedium. I also have trouble with hibiscus and um uh, I have trouble with h words too sometimes. anyway, Epimediums. Yeah, and you would think do. that I could remember it because you could think epipen a medium one, but I just don't. So anyway, epimediums don't do much. Um, They stay kind of a light brown for fall and they turn that color and then they stay that way through winter. And then eventually, you know, in the spring, you take them back. Another plant that looks really good that turns colors in the fall is maidenhair fern. Maidenhair fern turns a lovely gold in the fall and it looks really good through most of winter. Also, let's give a shout out to hydrangeas.
1: Yeah, because if you just leave those moppy flower heads on, that always looks really nice. And I did on my big one. I think it's a limelight. It's
0: Mine's on there. I left it. It looks really good. It does look really good. Um, Also, Annabelle, she looks really good in the wintertime until just the very end of winter. And that's when you cut her back. Um, Remember with hydrangeas, some of them you cut back uh, right after they bloom and some of them you cut back later. But Annabelle blooms on new wood, so you won't be messing up there.
1: And And the, I have some oak leaf hydrangea and I've got one on the side of the house, literally got it in a quart pot from Proven Winners. And it is it's like three foot by three foot now. And it's got very lovely green foliage that's starting to turn. But the the flower heads have just turned a really nice dark brown, which sounds kind of weird. Mm. I wish I knew which one it was. I'm very bad. Not so bad anymore. I try to keep track of all those trial plants, but that one is stunning. And it holds the flowers pretty, pretty, uh, it holds them well.
0: Yeah. A lot of these do. A lot of the paniculatas and the oak leaf hydrangeas hold their flowers really well for the rest of the season. So wow. I think that they're also beautiful in the fall.
1: So you, it doesn't take very long to figure out winter interest and it does add to a garden.
0: It really does. And it also helps the birds. A lot of these berries they can eat. And so, and also they can get shelter in the shrubs and even in the grasses, some of the little birds get in there and they also eat the seeds. So you're doing great things for birds. And, and I would also say on your uh, echinacea, go ahead and leave those seed heads if you can, because yep. the birds
1: eat them. They My sister them. and I had that exact conversation when she was over here a few days ago. She's, and she saw my coneflowers, they're still there. And she leaves hers as well because she says she knows the birds like them. They do like them. And then sometimes you'll get a few spread around in your
0: garden as they eat them, especially goldfinches. Goldfinches really, really love all they of do. the coneflowers. They do. And they sit on them and they pose for you. And it's really cute.
1: And so I have left you with the longest quote we've ever had, but it you sent long. it to me. so I love this quote, so I'm ready. You You may read it. I will sit back and go get some tea.
0: (laughs) I like spring, but it is too young. I like summer, but it is too proud. So I like best of all autumn because its leaves are a little yellow, its tone mellower, its colors richer, and it is tinged a little with sorrow and a premonition of death. Its golden richness speaks not of the innocence of spring, nor of the power of summer, but of the mellowness and kindly wisdom of approaching age. It knows the limitations of life and it is content from a knowledge of those limitations and its richness of experience emerges a symphony of colors, richer than all it's green. Speaking of life and strength, it's orange speaking of golden content and it's purple of resignation and death. And this, this is actually from, uh, a book called "My Country and My People" by Lin Yutang. Beautiful. It's very beautiful.
1: I need to check out that book.
0: I would almost frame that quote. That might be one I frame. You know how I like to frame quotes and put them on my i I um, do mantle. That's a long one, though. It would it would be small. You know, be very small print.
1: So, or a very very big frame.
0: <laughs> very big
1: frame. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you cross stitch
0: it, Dee? Oh, no, I don't cross stitch anymore. Yeah.
1: Okay, seeds. So we're talking about seeds and how to store them. And now is really as good a time as any to inventory the seeds that you didn't use. Mm -hmm. And um, so that you don't end up ordering and which is what I always end up doing. But I'm going to inventory all my seeds to see what I have and what I actually need. And then we wanted to talk a little bit about how to store your seeds to keep them viable. And so I went over and found um a video
0: about tips to keep your seeds viable from Oklahoma State University and we'll link to it. And these were some of his tips, which I didn't even think about the first one.
1: I, I'm kind of I'm thinking about why that is. Order early in the week when you order seeds. Oh, I know why.
0: You don't want it sitting on a loading dock. I wrote it for you right yes. there in the notes, girlfriend.
1: Oh. That was, the, I didn't read the next sentence. I'm sorry. I figured it out on my own. I swear. I knew you don't want it sitting like in the post office or loading dock for over the weekend. Cause it'll
0: kill the seeds because if it's hot, like Oklahoma, it can be even in February, sometimes it might sit out there and get, they might get too um, hot and then they'd die.
1: You'll, yes, that's true. You want to keep them dry
0: right? You want to keep them dry. You want to keep them cool, cool. And what do we mean by cool? Just not hot. So keep them in your so house. room temperature. Yeah. yeah. Room keep temperature. them in your house. And so if a, if a seed heats up too much, it dies. And that's not always true of seeds that get cold because some col- some seeds need cold, but that's another whole topic.
1: Yeah. And some seeds actually need the heat of fire to germinate, but that's another topic too.
0: So in this next part where he talked about you can use an insulated container to keep your seeds cool, he's talking about going out to the prairie and collecting seeds in the fall. And he says, if you're going to do that, make sure you have bags with tags. And he said, put the seeds in the bags and then put them inside the cooler so they don't get too hot in your
1: car. That's right. And that that um, if you're going to save some seed, even from your own garden, don't, Put them in an envelope and think, I will remember what these are because you will not remember what they are. So always, always, always label.
0: Yeah, you'll never remember it. Trust me, because you'll just be too busy in the spring. Heck, I can't even remember what plants I have until I've been out there for a little bit. So test germination of your older seeds with a damp paper towel and a Ziploc bag. And another person who does a really good job of that, of showing that is Nan Andra on Hayfield she did a whole thing about germinating seeds and it's a, it's under a tab on her website if i if she hasn't changed it and she's I'll look
1: for that link she is
0: the queen of saving seed and now she sells them and i bought several from her and they're sitting in, right above my head in my little cabinet up here
1: i need to check out her seed i think she she sells out of the popular stuff really quick all she has to do is say, this is one's pretty rare and boom, everybody's bought Everybody it. Everybody buys it. She sells
0: her seeds on Etsy for those that don't know. Um, also, he, in this video, it's really worth watching because he actually does that germination test for with some radish seeds that are really old. I want to say like 2006. There's no way those should be alive. and They were. They were huh. alive. Most of them. It was amazing. So, I know that tomato seed lasts a really, really long time. So, don't throw out your right. tomato seed. So, if if you're testing several varieties of seeds, you'll need to identify them, of course, like we said before, either on the towel
1: or on the back. Right. And always a laugh is so if you have 10 tomato seeds or all that's left in the packet and you test germination, don't, obviously, you're not going to test all 10. You just have to pick a couple and hope for the best.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: That's true. So you do the next quote. We cannot cure the world of sorrow, but we can choose to live in joy by Joseph Campbell.
0: And on our bookshelf is a book that was sent to us called Tiny Plants Discover the Joys of Growing and Collecting Itty Bitty House Plants by Leslie F. Halleck. And I don't know Leslie. Do
1: you know Leslie? I only know Leslie by reputation. And I think I have been to cultivate and seen her from afar because she's always wearing something that's just covered with flowers or leaves or whatever. So, but this book, D, I I love miniature plants and I always think I I want to get more. And I actually brought in one of my miniature plants to show you. Okay. Oh, that is really, really tiny. Is it a fern? This is an orchid. And it's a it's um and grachum disticum. And I've had this thing for two and a half years, and that's all the bigger it is. Wow, that's small. But it's a two rowed Angrican. I do not have any tiny plants. None. Okay, so, Dee, be careful when you open up this book because they are so cute. And I
0: wait, I'm wrong. I do have some tiny plants. They're in a terrarium, but they're only tiny because they're small versions of themselves.
1: These, these are small versions of a lot of different plants. Like she has small versions. And of course, I went right to the violet section. There's something called a Vietnamese, Vietnamese violet. And of course, there's miniature African violets. And mm-hmm. I want those. And there's a miniature Asian violet. And I want that. It's a primula, primulina. <laughs> I want that. Uh, the micro, <laughs> micro mini African violets. I want those. There's a cape primrose. I want that. And I just started going through this book and thought this, this is a dangerous zone because it is for are, you. It is. I'm string of pearls. I do have that one. I have, that. I have string of pearls. So you have a miniature plant.
0: And my, mine, mine isn't very miniature. I have string of hearts. I've variegated string of hearts. I have string of bananas and, Oh, I think my string of pearls died. I need to go buy another one. They occasionally die. She has
1: butterwort in here. And I had a butterwort. It's a, Carnivorous plant and mine died.
0: I don't even know what a butterwort is.
1: It's just like, a. it almost looks like a little rosette succulent. So I'm going to ask you a question. Is Leslie the one who pins these
0: little plants to her clothing? I'm sure she does. I think I've seen her at some stuff, but I I think I was afraid to go talk to her.
1: Well, she had stuff pinned to her clothes. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's... <laughs> I have a little pen. That's like a little vase.
0: Yes. Somebody gave us some of those. Oh, we got one that was a necklace and that was from the tropical plant people from Florida.
1: So she has these just displayed in the cutest ways. And I, I, I love them and all about the care and, you know, the care of these is pretty much the care of any house plants, but what is the problem in a
0: tiny way? Yeah, because you don't want to overwater your tiny plants.
1: <laughs> no, they need tiny bits of water because they are tiny plants. So, <laughs> oh, I was just looking to see if my little—I don't know if she has my little. What's the name of that orchid? Okay, I, I don't know. One. I, I had she, while while Carol looks up the orchid, she doesn't have that particular orchid in here. <laughs> um, though it is miniature, she it's has a tiny. whole list. She has a list of sources, all their websites.
0: One time I had a tiny shrub and it was a tiny shrub and I won't be able to remember the name of the shrub, but it was it was grown by Elizabeth Lawrence. And it was when we Uh were in North Carolina and we went to that nursery, you know, that famous nursery. Plants delight. And he had that, and it was like yes, and it was suggested by Elizabeth Lawrence. And I put it in my garden and I was really careful with it and everything. I kept it alive for several years, and it was the meanest plant. It used to stab me all the time. Oh. I don't know what it was now, but it was a mean shrub and it's gone because finally it a little bit of it died. And I thought you're so tiny that there's nothing of you left. And I yanked it out because it
1: kept stabbing me. I was going to say, how did we get from tiny houseplants?
0: Because it was tiny. It was a tiny shrub. It didn't get very big. Look, look at my hands. Got about a foot tall, if that.
1: Well, it's tiny. I. So the name of the book is Tiny plants discover the joys of growing and collecting itty bitty house plants, and I I love this. This is staying on my bookshelf, and I the the problem is I get really interested in house plants now, right? And I don't think now is a good time to ship them because you know you don't want to ship seeds in the middle of the hot summer when they could bake in a. You also don't want to have your tiny plants end up like freezing Frozen. somewhere. So Yeah. Although I have
0: ordered stuff in winter time and had it come and it came just fine because they ship it really fast.
1: So something, yeah, there's a buy some more tiny plants, Carol. I know there's a garden center that has, they, I mean, they're big into the house plants because they got a clue. People want them. Right. I bet if I go there, they might have some tiny plants and I'm all about them. They don't take up much room. And, you know, I'm sitting here D in my, in my, um, you can see my room. I'm sitting in. in I a got library. that lovely south window. I know, and I bet you I could put another little thing and put some tiny plants there. Okay, Wouldn't you that do cute? that.
0: Oh, it would be adorable. Let's do it. You
1: you go right ahead. I will not. I be need to focus. I'm going to focus on the violets. Oh, of course the, you the, are the fake violets. <laughs> anyway, I really enjoyed that book. Thank you, you very much. Why do you call them fake violets? Because they're not viola. They're like. Primula, St. Paulia, they're called violets, but they're not really. So some of them are primroses
0: because they're primulas, right?
1: Yes. And that, but they call them the, the um, popular common name. I said popular name. (laughs) Garden much, Carol? (laughs) No, (laughs) the common name has the word violet in it. I think that's what I'll focus on. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for indulging me. I am. Okay. Now we're going to move on to the dirt, which you found this time. The dirt. Yeah. So uh, a couple of places I was at, they had these pollinator pops and it looks like a popsicle, not a popsicle. It looks like a sucker with a wrapper around it. And it's got a stick with the name of the plants on it or the name of the type of pollinator it attracts on it. Cute. And the idea is that you just plant this thing. And it's labeled and everything. And it's like, I don't know that this is such a good idea because it's only like an inch round disc. And, you know, they have like the hummingbird one has wild bergamot, black eyed Susan, dwarf. I don't know what that is. Spurred snapdragon, sweet William pinks, lanceleaf coreopsis. It's like, those are not all going to grow in the same inch of space when you stick that thing in the ground.
0: Yeah, I think this is another one of those little clever ideas that people come up with um, because they're trying to get people interested in gardening and they think it's really cute. Blah blah blah. It's like the cards you plant or the bombs that you throw. Or
1: the the question is, is it? I mean, they're cute and they would, you know, I I, they're obviously selling them to be like party favors and things like that. Ninety nine point nine percent of them probably are never going to get planted, and of the 1.1 percent that get planted how many are going to result in a big save the pollinator garden that ends up with i you know it's just like yeah because they have a lot of
0: information about how like you have the quote the the quote from the little package that says each bumblebee butterfly and hummingbird seed pop includes a curated selection of perennial wildflower seeds compost clay coconut husk and planting instructions, bees, butterflies, and hummingbirds play an integral part, integral role in our food supply. Those creatures are facing extension, but we can change that before it's too late. Be a part of the solution and plant a garden today. And I read it like that because there were lots of exclamation points. Well, here's the thing. Yes, you should be a part of the solution and plant a garden today, but I'm not sure their pops are the way to do it. No, go to a reputable seed company and buy some seeds.
1: Yeah, everyone is in a hurry, and uh, I think this is just one of those impulse buys that you know somebody's going to buy it and add it to the top of a gift or whatever. It'd be cute
0: in a stocking as a stocking stuffer,
1: and I guess you could plant it,
0: but it is a little gimmicky. But that's it's still interesting.
1: I appreciate that people care. Yeah, it is nice that they care. So we'll put that on our show notes. I don't know if you just uh, do an online search for pollinator pops, you'll find all places to buy them.
0: So shall we move on to our rabbit holes? Yes.
1: What is in our rabbit holes today?
0: Well, mine's food still, because I'm still into food, just like I was before. Okay. This time it's ran- it, it actually relates to gardening. It's Rancho Gordo beans. And uh, several years ago, I think CBS Sunday morning did a thing on Rancho Gordo, which is that they have like a subscription service that nobody can get on. And they have very fresh beans, but you can just buy beans from the store. You might why can't you
1: get on their subscription service? Is it closed? It's there's only a certain I mean
0: you know, beans are like all agricultural products, there's a limit, and so they only have so many subscribers. You can get on the wait list. It's so popular that people get on it and never get off. And they send you a curated group of beans, but you can just go to their place and buy other beans, and they have a huge selection of beans, they're almost all heirloom selections. They partner with farmers in California and Mexico to grow them, and they have a lot of unusual things. And right now on my stove are bubbling away some cranberry beans, and I bought yellow eye beans, and I bought some big lima beans. I bought all kinds of stuff. And um, I don't tell my non-gardening best friend Amy, but she might be getting a gift package of these for Christmas. And they're super fresh grown in the United States, except for the few grown in Mexico. And they actually partner with those farmers and give money back too. And um, they also have some seasonings, but I buy those locally at Savory Spice and sometimes the grocery store. So that's my wow. rabbit hole. What's
1: yours? Well, my rabbit hole is, um, its I don't know if it's a bona fide rabbit hole, but I got a couple of things out of the way and now I'm doing my secret Christmas project. It's got me deep into family history. And Mm -hmm. so I've got to get going on it because I am a little bit relying upon the supply chain in order to get the actual gifts when I'm done with it. So that's my secret project that I'm working on. That's my rabbit hole this time. Okay. That sounds got to get done. Interesting.
0: So um, would that take us to our gardening commissions? That's right. What's your community? You're going to buy tiny plants. I am going to buy tiny in. plants. I am. I am. Uh, and order zinnia seeds because now you're
1: concerned. Uh-huh. I am a little bit. As much in- as
0: we tout zinnia seeds, um,
1: yeah, people should go on and buy them. And Botanical
0: Interest has some great zinnias. Yeah, seeds. we'll
1: put a link to Botanical Interest. That is one of our affiliates. And if you buy from our link to Botanical Interest, then we'll earn a small commission. Doesn't change the price that you pay. One little penny.
0: And you know, all of that stuff that we post online uh, in our show notes on Buzzsprout, that costs us money to do that. It every, does.
1: Every, so every I did want to, I wanted to back up to your uh-huh. rabbit hole and you said that they had a wait list for their subscription list. For beans. Yeah. So Dee, we should start a wait list for our books. We'll sell more if people have to get on a wait list to get one. Exactly. <laughs> Except for
0: we might have to produce more books and I, I don't know if I'll do anyway, that. Get on my wait Say, list. Do you want to hear my books. Cr- <laughs> okay, so um my garden commission is I don't have a clue. I'll probably plant up my Amaryllis bulbs that just came yesterday, which would be November the 1st, um so that they'll bloom by Christmas, but my Amaryllis pots that I ordered from Peter Wakefield aren't here yet. So any ideas on that, Carol? Should I plant them up in another pot and then gently move them to
1: the special pots? I would wait until yeah, your pots came. In fact, I would wait until you've returned from your trip, and that's when I would go ahead and pot them up. Unless- that's a good idea. Maybe my
0: pots will be there by then. They should be. I would hope. I feel like it was kind of early for Amaryllis bulbs for them to get here, but what do I know?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I'd have to like, one of, do math. One of our listeners sent me an email to our Garden Angeles mailbox, wanted to yeah. know sources for Amaryllis because she thought her grandchildren would really like them, and mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, they would which reminded me that somehow I've come up with this tradition that my great nephew and great nieces always get an amaryllis bulb from great aunt Carol. And I'm like, I saw the sold outs and I thought, Ooh, I got to get moving on those. They do them on the, yeah, the rocks on the base or down in the mm-hmm. glass container. And it's so easy though. The last year I gave them the waxed ones. Those waxed ones were kind of fun. I might do that. I might do that again. Yeah. I might do the waxed ones again.
0: They're that's they're easy. Do. I'm gonna order that's waxed the ultimate ones. and easy. Basically, they're fake. Other than the bloom isn't fake. I mean, they aren't fake. But you don't have to do anything
1: because you don't water them or anything. I'm gonna. That's the other thing I'm gonna do. Then I'm gonna order the waxed amaryllis. Boy, you are busy. You gotta I focus am. on tiny
0: house plants. Order some zinnia seeds. Order some amaryllis. Work on my I'm secret
1: project. Repot mine when I get back from Portugal. There you go. We want to thank you for listening to The Garden Angelist. If you like our podcast, please tell your friends about us. Also hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything. And if you listen to Apple Podcasts,
0: we'd love a five-star review. That helps us get noticed by others. Could you also share our podcast with your gardening friends? Word of the mouth is word of the mouth. (laughs) Word of mouth is still the best
1: way to get the word out there. Yes, and be sure and check out our show notes for links for more information about today's topics plus links to our own websites. And if you want to help support us, use the affiliate links. If you buy something after clicking through on them, we're in a small commission and it costs you nothing. It was lovely to chat with all of you over the garden gate to it today. Bye until next week. Bye, everybody.